Welcome to the Adventure Deficit Podcast. We're here to promote lifelong learning through the context of adventure. Through our one-on-one interviews, we capture in-depth stories across a variety of subjects, emphasizing a new life lesson in every episode. We're on a mission to entertain, educate, and inspire you to embrace new challenges, reflect, push through fears, and get out there in search of your own adventures. We passionately pursue good story, and we'll run, climb, wade, ride, hunt, ski, or paddle our way into new ones, all in search of continual growth. We call it taking our medicine, and we invite you to join us for today's dose. I met Landon last year at a Total Archery Challenge event. Uh, we were manning the, uh, the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers booth. Um, and he has since become more and more involved in that organization. Uh, I caught up with Landon uh, a couple weeks back, and uh, it was good to hear from him. Uh, I gave him uh, a little bit of an update as to what, what's going on with Adventure Deficit, and he agreed to come on and uh, share, a, share a story or two. So, uh, Landon, we appreciate you coming on. How you doing, yeah. man? Doing good. I'm doing good. I'm out of work. So yeah, Right on. <laughs> um, well, what's uh, speaking of BHA, uh, fill in, uh, fill our listeners in a little bit as to what Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is all about. Yeah, so Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is a conservation organization. It's a very great organization with a, a somewhat simple mission that, that benefits really all outdoors, men and women alike. And that's, that's really what I like about it. So in a nutshell, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, or BHA as you'll hear it referred to a lot, is the voice for hunters and anglers um, in public lands. So their sole mission is to protect public lands and keep it public for hunters, anglers, or mountain bikers, hikers, um, and, and keep the land in the hands of the public for the wildlife and, and people to recreate on. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of great organizations that I'm also a part of, but I think BHA is one that really almost anybody can get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I got more involved with with Jason Meekoff and, and Alan Crater, who's been on your podcast, and everybody else on the board, they asked me to, to join and help out with the Michigan chapter. And I think that's been about a year now because it was... Yeah, it was just a year ago last weekend when we met up at Total Archery, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. We've we've been crushing our goals in terms of having some great events, um, in terms of conservation projects. We just helped with a dam removal on Portage Creek in Kalamazoo with uh, Trout Unlimited. We did some trail improvement work up in the Pigeon River uh, Forest not too long ago. And uh, it's just a fun group of people to be a part of. Right on. Lance Tawney started it, correct? He actually did not start the organization. Okay. Um, Who's, so who founded BHA? You know, I, I don't know any of their names off the top of my head, but right kind of the, uh, the backstory was it was started around a campfire by a group of people that, that really loved and enjoyed you know, spending time on public lands. Yeah. And they started the organization together. And it 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 grew. Uh, I can't remember even the year that it was founded. Now I believe it's around ten years or so, and I could be getting that wrong. Sure. Um, that it's that's been around. And Land came on 
later to basically run the organization and bring them to that to that next step. Okay. Um, I know that Land his his father had a lot of experience of some of the same work, and he had worked in other other uh, parts of the industry. So yeah, he's been a great leader in in really. I mean, the amount of growth that the organization has seen even since. I've been involved with it as as a member in the past couple of years is insane. Yeah, that's cool, man. And now you sit on their board and the Michigan chapter's up to a bunch of good stuff. I love hearing that you're getting involved in local creeks, that you're getting involved with some of the local nonprofits. Uh, I heard you say Trout Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the old staples and those kind of fall more under that, that umbrella of the traditional red plaid gang or the, the traditional sportsman. But to have, uh, you know, to have a bunch of guys who are out there um, who might not have ever held a fly rod or to, who, who don't know their way around a rifle, but they absolutely love public lands and they want clean water. So, uh, mm-hmm. they get involved that to me, I go, that's, that's a win. Yeah. I mean, even if you like taking your dog for a walk on, you know, the local national forest property by you or something like that, it, it helps everyone. It, it really does. Yeah. Right on. That's cool, man. Well, thank you for what you're doing over there. Um, I'll kind of I'll circle back to that when we're uh, when we wrap up, just so people know how to find you and uh, how to get involved. I am a current dues-paying member of BHA, and that says something. I generally kind of hold my nickels tight, and um, that's a that's yeah. an organization that I, I won't hesitate to, to to jump on. I think there's uh, there's something to a member-based dues-based organization that's catching on like wildfire. So I'm happy to be yeah. part of it. I mean, whether we like it or not, um, you know, I'm not a big political guy. I don't like talking politics. It's not my thing. Um, but the hunting and fishing world is, is a political landscape, and it takes people that are willing to go out and, and fight bad legislation and promote good legislation to keep things the way they are or improve them yeah. or keep them from, from getting worse. So, As an American, we, as Americans, we have... Uh, we have a pretty incredible birthright. Yeah. The, I mean, the whole world envies what we have with our, our public lands. Uh, and, and most of a lot, I don't even, I don't have any numbers to put behind this, but many countries have tried to model their conservation activities after what we have done. Hmm. Um, we've really led the way and made, you know, look at Buffalo, for example, or bison. They were, almost gone at one point and and there are a lot of species turkey being one of them as well i think they're in 48 states now I that believe sounds maybe right 49 that like, sounds right so yep. yep and in the i mean even in as early as the uh as the 80s you you couldn't find a turkey around here i didn't see a turkey till i was 15 years old now i i can get a tag every single year yeah now you hit them with your car yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah cool man well tell us a little bit about yourself uh I'm just curious to know a little bit more about Landon. Um, where'd you grow up? So uh, I'm originally a Uper. I am from St. Agnes, Michigan, originally, right which some Upers will call that barely a Uper because <laughs> it's skin of the skin of the teeth Uper. Yeah, as soon as you get across the Mackinac Bridge, you're in St. Agnes. Right. Um, for the most part, it's a it's a tourist town. You know, it's heavily dependent on people coming up there in the summer, going to Mackinac Island. Um, enjoying the outdoors up there, snowmobilers in the wintertime. And uh, I lived there until I think I was seven. And then my dad took a new job down in Coldwater, Michigan, which is about as far south as you can go before you hit Indiana. Um, And that's where I 
lived uh, with my parents until I got out of the house and went to college. And that's where I, I learned to deer hunt and, and fish. You know, I, I did a lot of bass fishing, pike fishing, bluegill fishing, you know, inland lake type fishing down there as, as a kid. And uh, went to Kalamazoo to go to Western Michigan University. Uh, went and uh, graduated in, in sales and business marketing from there, which is an awesome program, actually. Um, and from there, I got a job up in, I got a job in Kalamazoo, was there for a couple more years. So I think I lived there for about six years. Mm-hmm. Then I got a new job up in Grand Rapids, and we moved up to this area, I think it'll be three years in July, which is crazy. Um, bought a house up here and I love this area cause it's far enough North, you know, you can shoot an hour North and get to some great fishing and mm-hmm. get to where you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, as before, you know, down in cold water, it's a good three hour drive to, to get up North to where a lot of the things that I like to do now, trout fishing, uh, in particularly, it's something I spend a lot of time doing. So yeah, the Grand Rapids area is great. Love it. Right on. What do you do? Uh, what do you do as far as work now? What do you? What do you I do? work for a company called Trace Three. Uh, they actually bought uh, the company I was working for before, which was Optio Data um, or Data Strategy. Data Strategy. They were sister companies. It's an IT company. So we sell um, IT solutions to large organizations to help them run their business. In in a nutshell. Okay. And then on the side, you run the fishing podcast. Yep. Uh, that's kind of a, a new venture for me. Uh, I start, I think I released the first episode the end of August. Um, so I haven't been doing it quite a year yet. I'm on the 33rd episode, if I remember correctly. Nice. And my podcast uh, really came out of the fact that I'm a multi-species angler and I'm a fly fisherman and conventional gear. You know, I go trolling on the big lake for salmon. I want to catch every fish in the world, and I want to catch them every way you can. Um, I, I don't just just fly fish or, you know, just go jigging for walleye. You know, there's the, some people, that, that's all they want to do. To me, it's about just going somewhere new, trying something new, and meeting meeting new people. Um, and, and the podcast it was started because... You know, there, there's some good podcasts that are focused on fly fishing. There's a, some really good saltwater fishing podcast. Um, but I was really trying to shoot for something that, because there's a lot of guys out there like me. A lot of my friends, you know, every time they travel somewhere, they're fishing for something new. And I'm always looking for that next fish to catch, the next way to catch them, and, and just learning about these places to go have cool adventures and experiences. Uh so there really wasn't a podcast, and I was asking around, you know, to my other buddies who listen to podcasts, and you know they'd recommend podcasts, and I'd listen to them, and I'd be like, yeah, this is a good podcast, but it's not giving me that variety. You know, I don't want to have to go, uh, okay, what is this podcast playing today? Right. I don't want to listen to that one. I kind of just want a feed that just gives me that variety, and I can listen to every episode and learn about a bunch of different things. Sure. Uh- I had an interview with uh, with Ann Chamberlain, who beat cancer twice and mm-hmm. then climbed to. Uh, that was an incredible story. To base camp, right? Yeah. What what an awesome woman. Yeah. Um, I interviewed Lindsay Dyer, who uh, 
I mean, she's on just about every ski movie imaginable. Uh, sponsored athlete talks about doing uh, 100 days in uh, the 100th year of our national parks. And she did this crazy snow camping experience. Hmm. Um, I think she had uh, she had 10 days somewhere in the backcountry in, in Montana. Um, I also had, you know, Abe Blair who got stuck in, a, in an avalanche and thought he was going to lose his life. Um, I've got um, Tony Kelly who talks about climbing and uh, forgetting about a security knot that he knew not to forget and talks about the importance of, of habits and, and the structure of habits. Now I'm sitting here talking to you about fishing. Mm-hmm. And it's to me, I just that's that's the same concept just carried over in, into kind of the adventure world. I think um, whatever you know, whatever tool is in my quiver, I'm game. If it's a mountain bike, if it's a set of sticks, if it's skis, yep. if it's a fly rod, great. If it's a shotgun, you bet. Um, whatever gets me out there, we. I mean, exactly. We, yeah, we're after the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. It. Uh, I don't care so much what I'm doing as long as I'm just doing something yeah. outside. Yeah. Whatever gets me outside is probably going to be fun mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, tell us, uh, tell us, Landon, what uh, what you're thinking as far as an adventure story. Yeah. What, what are you thinking? So the first story is my friends and I had decided when we got out of high school that year, we were graduating. And we we're all going to take this big, long kayak trip somewhere. And we we're just going to pick a river close by and we we're going to try to follow it all the way to Lake Michigan because everything, everything dumps into Lake Michigan on the west side of the state. So we picked the St. Joe River and no one was supposed to look at a map. And that was the rule. And my buddy Jacob, who is notorious for being well-prepared, um, always has been. He's, he's an Eagle Scout, so <laughs> this drove him nuts. <laughs> yeah. And he's sitting in uh, his minivan, which he drove at the time, and he said, hey, come over here for a second. And he had a map out, and he pointed to me. He said, the St. Joe River flows all the way down through Indiana, through all this urban area, and there's, like, freighters and stuff that come in here. He's like, (laughs) we're not going to do this. And I was like, well, one, you weren't supposed to look at a map. Two, okay, yeah, let's pick a different river. So we picked the Kalamazoo River. And we started in Homer, Michigan, which is kind of near like Albion. Uh, and the river's pretty small there. It's not not overly big. And where we got in, right directly down river from us, we we needed to go over a small dam. And we, you know, we're just a normal kayaks, not anything that's really supposed to go over waterfalls or anything like that and uh it was a nice sunny day or like it doesn't really matter if we get wet you know we had a lot of our stuff in trash bags we didn't have dry bags we didn't have a nice gear you know we didn't we didn't bring water pumps we had no way to like clean water we just all had like a couple of gallons of uh water with us um between all of us, I think we had a couple of gallons of liquor, which I can't remember where we got because I was 17 <laughs> and, uh, and my oldest buddy was 18 at the time. And we had nothing to keep it cold in. We brought like tang to mix in <laughs> oh water God. for mixers. Other than that, we had no liquids with us. We had uh, bags of trail mix 
that we were going to eat. And the first night, I think we brought some like steaks because we figured they'll stay good till the evening. And we get going and we go over this dam and I think two of us flipped our kayaks right off the bat. So, you know, we have to pull them out and everything gets all wet. And and uh, it, it was pretty nice that day. So we got dried out pretty well. Um, we came to another dam and, and we chose to um, portage portage over that one and instead of getting all wet again and everything everything pretty went pretty well that day um our goal was to get to lake michigan and i mean it's a long long ways and we were what, it, what is it kayaking. homer to lake michigan sorry to interrupt but what what do you think it is by the crow as the crow flies probably in a straight line I'd have to say 100 miles a bit more. Okay, so you're just going to add change onto that. So you're looking at yeah. anywhere between 120 and 140 miles? I would, Yeah, I would guess. We, we'd figured it out one time. I should have tried to do it again. But, yeah, it, we've talked about going back and doing, like, the second round and, like, finishing it out, which we I will never do. And, and you'll hear why, because some of the things are... are things that grown adults just don't do okay so i didn't yeah let's uh i don't i don't mean to get to the climax of this story i just wanted to know how far it was and and uh yeah let's uh so the, the first night we're going along and there's like this little uh it's getting pretty late in the evening we've been on the river since morning and it's summertime so you know we've probably been paddling for 12 hours and uh we got off the river and there was a there was a little cabin in the woods right there, just like a little one room cabin, and it was all locked up, and and there were bunk beds in it, and we're like, man, those would be kind of comfortable to sleep in. So you know, being seventeen year old, we crawled in through the window, oh and gosh. we we stayed in somebody's cabin, which seemed like a good idea at the time. And and obviously, for anybody listening to this, it's probably like, wow, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't imagine myself doing that now, but um, it turned out to actually be the worst idea uh, because all night long I had nightmares of the guy coming, you know, the guy that owned it and like catching us in there and like all the dreams ended very, very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so finally I woke up like right at daybreak and I said, let's get the heck out of here. Like I haven't slept a wink. Like, so now we're, we're on a full day of paddling, no sleep and Luckily, we didn't drink that much that night because we were so exhausted. We ate and we fell asleep before the sun went down, I think. And we get on the river and it starts raining. And it starts raining hard to the point where, like, we're going along and we've got to, like, empty our kayaks out every, you know, couple hours, hour at some point. And for anybody that, and, and I doubt many people have ever floated this stretch of the Kalamazoo, at least not the length that we did. There's a lot of ponds, big ponds, lakes, essentially. Marshall, Michigan, there's a dam in Marshall. There's a huge lake above it. So we're getting to these lakes. we got to paddle all the way across these lakes. And it's raining on us, and we've got wind blowing in our face. And it was, it was honestly quite miserable. But, you know, we were young enough, we just we kept going. And we... We got over the dam in Marshall, 
it was a long we had to carry him way down and around and get back in the river so you didn't you didn't uh shoot the shoots in marshall you portaged <laughs> yeah well i don't think you even could in that one i think it's oh really yeah i think it's a hydroelectric dam oh okay um and portage down around and then you get below the dam and the rivers you know ripping nice again and we're cruising along we're like yeah we're making good time now but before too long you start getting to slow water again and the next dam that you come to would be the Soresco dam which they actually removed uh during that oil spill on the Kalamazoo river so it's no longer there and that was a large dam it was you know i don't know 50 foot tall and there isn't like a safe like portage around it there's no place built for people to portage around it um and we had stopped in this other little abandoned cabin this time just to get out of the rain for a little bit and kind of get some energy back in us and we stopped stopped there got back in the kayaks go over the dam and we're probably 20 minutes down the river and i don't have my phone with me we had to walk all the way back up climb back over the dam walk down the road trespass through this guy's property back into his abandoned cabin back there and and get my phone dude you guys are ballsy (laughs) yeah yeah but i mean this it was like a shack right on the edge of the river so we just popped in there for a little bit you know no one's gonna come back but now i'm like trespassing across you know some guy's woods and i'm like hoping i don't get caught and you know that could really add to the fun of the trip if you get arrested so we get all the way back and i mean it's probably a good mile that i had to walk back there oh really okay because it was still raining it never stopped raining from this point on actually and then we get down the river a little bit ways more and it is just pouring down rain and it's just about dark it's time to set up camp and just so happens we pull up and there's a pavilion on on the side of the river like a big pavilion and we set up our tent under that because it was raining to the point our our tent probably would have been soaked inside before we could even get it set up and we stopped there and uh we got our tang mixers out and mixed up mixed up some uh water and tang and and cheap vodka and i think we polished off a fifth of whiskey and about in a an hour and then about half a half gallon and what we thought was you know a solid four or five hours of drinking i think it was about an hour and a half oh boy um and to this day i won't eat uh zatarans <laughs> which is what we made over the fire that night um and it, this is such a terrible story like i said I don't <laughs> know. I, i'm so ashamed of this but we burned like all this guy's firewood that was dry under his pavilion because we didn't we didn't have like you know we didn't have camp stoves and most of the food that we brought, other than the trail mix, like, you had to cook it. It was all things like <laughs> rice and pasta. <laughs> so we're like, there is no dry wood except for this guy's dry wood under the pavilion. Um, my buddy cut down a tree at one point and, like, burned, like, because we were out of firewood and just had, like, a big tree over his fire. And then we left in the morning. We cleaned up most of our stuff and, and, and got out of there first thing because, again, we are like, well, what if we get caught back here? Right. Um, and this is day three now. And we're coming into uh, Battle Creek at this point. And we are out of water because we used it all for our tang mixers. And we're hungover and we don't have any water to drink. 
And there was a guy at the, there's a dam right in Battle Creek before it runs right through the city. And I don't know if you've ever driven through there and looked at it, but it's, it's a cement river. You know, they've got the whole river cemented off and it's fast water through there. And there's a couple tubes you go through and then there's a dam you go over and we're, that was our plan. We were going over it. We stopped and talked to this guy and just asked him, hey, could we fill up our, our water jugs in, uh, in your hose? And kind of gave him our whole backstory, where we were from, where we were headed. And he's like, he's like, listen, guys, he's like, I, I can't let you take those kayaks through there. He goes, I just drove past there and it's like a class five rapids. He's like, we've gotten like four inches of rain in the last like day and a half. And he's like, and it's, there's, you can't go through there on a good day. So he's like, I've got a great big work van. Let me take some stuff out of it. We'll pile them in there and I'll drive you guys down to the public access below there. And we were kind of arguing with him because we were like, no, we want to, we're taking the river. We're going all the way to Lake Michigan. And he's like, I, he's like, guys, he's like, I'm not giving you any water if you don't let me take you down there because I don't want to hear about you guys dying. So we gave in and he drove us down there. We get back in the river. And this time we get below the dam and the water's still slow. I mean, the river is so high. It's up over the banks and it's just muddy. And mind you, we'd been trying to fish a lot of this time. We did not catch a single fish on the entire trip. Um, We get down to where there is a campground where, you know, we could have actually camped legally and and not gotten arrested for it. Um, And the whole, at this point, there's bends in the river and we're going straight through the woods And, you know, not even taking the river, just kayaking through the woods. And we get to this campground and this guy's out there and he's moving picnic tables around. And we stopped there and talked to him for a little bit. And he was just mad. And we're like, yeah, it's a little flooded here. He goes, yeah, I had a full campground this weekend. And uh, obviously nobody's coming now. So we felt kind of bad for that guy. And we, we get back in the river and we're going and we're going and, it was one of those moments where you're looking at each other and you can kind of all tell everyone's thinking the same thing. And finally one of us is like, so how much farther do you guys want to go? Cause we're three full days of kayaking in the rain and we're like not much farther. <laughs> and there, you get to a point where there's a bar in Augusta, Michigan, that's right on the river. And we stopped in there and we're like, we'll just go in here and get some food and think about it. And that was the end of it. As soon as we walked back into civilization and got a warm burger in us and uh, obviously no beer at that time. Right. Um, we called my dad and said, hey, <laughs> can you hook the trailer up and come get us? We we're, flatlined. We're ready to get out of here. We're out yeah. of energy. We haven't eaten a good meal because um, back to the Zatarans, even what we did eat. Uh, Came back up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and wow, my, That night my buddy left the, uh, the tent open as well. Oh, and yeah, it was sure. full of mosquitoes, and we were all eaten alive. And of course, it was. Yeah. Well, you were seventeen and stupid. Yep, I've been seventeen and stupid. <laughs> I've been twenty-six and stupid. Um, wow, man! I'm. You guys gave it an honest go. I'm impressed. We did, and like I said, there were some years after that where we were like we could we could start where we left off and make it all the way through, but um, I. I'm not too fond of trespassing or, or breaking and entering or burning people's firewood that they chop down anymore. So Yeah, but what you do have 
is uh, is a slew of of new information. Yeah, yeah. New gear, right? Yeah, absolutely. You've got uh, you've got fifteen more years of know how. Mm-hmm. I think you should do it. <laughs> I mean, we'd have to find some legitimate places to camp because a thirty year old getting arrested on someone's property. You know, if, if you're seventeen, someone might give you the benefit of a doubt and say, "Get your stuff and get out of here." When you're thirty years old. They're calling the cops on you. Oh, no, you might not even get that. <laughs> yeah, you might get shot. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm of course, not advocating for trespassing and, and breaking and entering. But uh, what I would say is there's got to be, especially with some of the, ac- the access that you're privy to, there's got to be some slices of public land along the way. Yeah, and you know what? There, there is more public land as you get closer to the lake because you've got, like, the Allegan State Game Area and—, and um, if we if we looked into it, we could probably make it happen. I so badly want you to round up your old crew and to do another interview for the second portion of this in the next three or four years. Just uh, we have this be complete. We'll think about it. Bef- none of us have kids yet either, so dude, you got to do it. Yeah, it would be. You're right. That would be the time. Yeah, that would be the time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so uh, no maps allowed. Nope. Uh, you were underage, but uh, well stocked with uh, with spirits. Yeah, um, you had steak and then Zadaran's jambalaya. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and no no means or method of uh, fixing your own water. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. And that was it. Wow. Um, we just and the Eagle Scout gallons. let this go. Yeah. I mean, part of the problem was, is, I mean, we're broke. We couldn't afford to go out and buy a water filter. Those were 30 bucks. Man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> How are we going to buy the, the alcohol? Where'd you get the kayaks? We borrowed them. We didn't even okay. own kayaks. Okay. We, we talked friends into letting, letting us, us borrow them. them. Yeah. Learned a lot about what kayaks are good for lakes and which ones are good for rivers. Yeah. Two different types of kayaks, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, some people were happy when we were in the river, and other people were happier in the lake. Yeah. Cut through water a little bit better. Wow. Cool. Um, you learned a little bit about staying warm and and uh, being cold yeah. and wet. I mean, luckily we did have rain gear. We were okay. that smart enough to do that at least. So, you know, even if you're kind of wet inside rain gear, it, it holds was, your body heat a little it bit. It must have been June, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not not terribly bad. It, I don't think it really even got below fifty degrees at night. Okay, but yeah, we were wet the whole time. Wow, that's incredible, Landon. Um, do you still stay in touch with these guys? Yeah, they're all um, my in my group of best friends. I, that's such a fun story for me to listen to because I can see myself there. Um, that's an easy one for me to get on board. You're from Michigan. <laughs> you've got that thing. You've got that itchy foot that won't let you stay yeah, still. Got to do something. You've got to go explore. And uh, yeah, yeah, Michigan's a great place to go do that. And you know, anywhere, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd recommend not breaking the law um, in several different ways on, on a trip if you're a kid going to, to do it. But uh, I, I guess kind of lesson learned from that is just get out and do something and have an adventure and, and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and maybe not anywhere, you know, in the mountains or something like that. By all means, you need to be more prepared. But the reality of the situation was, if something bad happened, we were probably less than a mile from somebody's house at any given point. We had cell phones back then, but we didn't have, like, 
internet, so we didn't have maps. Um, but let's face it, if somebody broke a leg or, or something bad happened, we could have been all right. So sometimes you just got to go for it, and you just got to get out there and try something, and, and you never know what kind of stories you'll be telling for the rest of your life because of it. Dude, I love it. So most of that stuff was was just um, you, you guys all had kind of a similar risk threshold. I'm I'm not that concerned for you guys up through day day two. But what I got freaked out about was you guys not even stopping to assess what was going down in Battle Creek. You yeah. got lucky there. Yeah, we did. Because in you know, maybe we would have bailed out once we got up and saw what was up there, but... But how could you? Yeah. Weren't, weren't you in a tunnel no, right before it, it's, the pour over? So there's uh, there's tubes that go into a little pond on the other side of the road, and then there's a dam. I don't even know if we could have got over the dam, to be honest. Like, we had, we had no plans. We just went. Um, but when we drove by that and the guy showed us that situation... Um, Maybe we would have lived, but we wouldn't have been in our kayaks when we were done. I guarantee that. No, man, you'd have got stuck in a Yeah, you got stuck in a portal. Yeah, yeah. So think about the the gravity of that. I mean, how epically it would have changed my life. Yeah, yeah. It, it would have been my me or one of my best friends or you know any any of those guys <laughs> could be gone. Yeah, it could have and, very well been that. It and, very well could have been that. Yeah. What a what a crazy interjection in that story, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many areas that are soft spots, right? Oh my gosh, that that cabin owner could have come in and flushed you guys out of there. Okay, right. trip over, you know. Oh my goodness, you could have you could have not had dry firewood or a pavilion, and you guys would have been so cold that you would have actually walked up to the road, called one of your parents, and said, "Game over." Yeah, right. Pull the plug on the adventure. But when you get to the point where you guys were about to make a decision that would have still haunted you. Mm -hmm. And for no other reason than by grace, somebody steps in and says, guys, I have to be your voice of wisdom here. Yeah. That's a dude. That's a gift. And we were lucky enough. He had a a huge van. He could fit four kayaks. Yeah. yeah, That's, yeah, that's the logistical stuff, (laughs) but I'm just saying, wow, man, who was that guy? You gotta go, you gotta go write that guy a letter Sit down and get a beer with him. I don't even know if we got his name. Yeah. If we did, I don't remember. But what a gift. So So you, Kenny, Chad, and what's the other guy's name? Jacob. You, Kenny, Chad, and Jacob still mm-hmm. have uh still have important friendships intact and I, I can almost guarantee that, that that would somehow be different if you guys decided to launch that. Could be. Very Absolutely. well could have been. Um yeah, it, uh, we got lucky on, on that one. That is for sure. Yeah, man. You're sitting with one of your buddy's kids, and, and they're talking to to Uncle Landon. What advice do you give these guys? Do you say, all right, guys, life's short. Find Find something that's bigger than yourselves and pull the trigger. Ready, fire, aim, go for it. Mm-hmm. Or do you play the cautious card and say, I don't know, boys, that was that was a different time. How do you see yourself handling that conversation? I don't have kids right now, so it, it's tough to say because I think kids change who you are 
in, in a lot of ways. Um, but I think I would tell him to go do the exact same thing that we did. And, and I was thinking about that actually uh, not too long ago because um, my, my dad was kind of a, a, a crazy guy when he was a young kid and he was kind of known for being the one that was always doing something, something crazy and something funny. Um, and they didn't really, none of our parents tried to stop us too much. Surprisingly, my mom didn't even in really try to, and she was, she was the, the safety police. And, you know, she was always worried about what we were doing as most moms usually are and probably should be. Um, but, uh, I don't remember getting met with all that much resistance from any of our parents. Um, and they were probably on the same thinking, you know, they're not going to die. They might get into some trouble and they're probably going to do things they're not supposed to do. But I mean, I think I was the only one that wasn't 18 at the time. And what are they going to do? You know, we're all in college or going off to college and I said, all right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think we're, we're, in a culture that uh, that absolutely beckons the conversation, we're in a, cu- a culture where that's not the norm yeah. anymore. Um, where parents are much more apt to step in and say yes, no. Um, Most parents track where their kids are on their phone. I think that's yeah. I think there's some overreach there. Uh, but being a dad, um, I also understand the the zeal you have for your kids. Man, they're they're yeah. You pour so much into How old are your kids? I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Do you think you'll track them on their phones? No, I don't. Um, I don't think I will either. I think that's, uh, I I think I, I feel like I'd have as much right to do that as, um, the government does to track me on my phone, which they probably do already if they want (laughs) to. Too late. But, you know, it's just not, it's a, an invasion of privacy in my opinion. I don't have any kids though either. Part of that changes, yeah. That's a really good question, Landon. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. They're smart, daughter, though. They'll figure out a way to get around it. They'll probably download some app that. There you go. Yeah, you put a fence up and they'll climb it. Something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's a really good question, though. I, I'm, I appreciate you asking that because I'm going to chew on it and probably bring it up with my wife here in the next couple of nights. Um, but that's absolutely an option too, right? I mean, that's that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some restrictions and some healthy boundaries and expectations set early on are important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, the idea there is I want my 17-year-old kid to have that wild edge. I want him to say they're, they're beyond that great horizon exists more storyline to be, to be lived. Yeah. But I also want him to get there. I want him to get to that horizon. Yeah. So... I think you just you do your darndest to try and equip them with good, you know, decision making skills. Yeah. And part of that is just it's it's early, right? It's modeling. So mm-hmm. I want my kid to see me put myself in a situation where yeah, it could be potentially it 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 could go either way. I don't have total control over it. Case uh here here's a here's an example. Last Last summer, late in the summer, I took my my then five year old to uh, Nordhaus Dunes, having never been there, only hear hearing about trips that have taken place there. I knew kind of what to expect, and I knew if I walked long enough, kind of toward the sun there, <laughs> I'd find the lake. Right. 
that was about it. But I had plenty of years of backpacking experience to fall to fall back on, knowing how to circumnavigate any sort of threat should it come our way. I kind of had that that kitted out in my mind where I go, okay, if the worst happened, right, mm-hmm. do I have a, a chance at making it out okay? Yes, I do. From there, you just kind of go, buddy, we're going to wing it. Where do you want to sleep? What does this trip look like to you? And I'm letting my six-year-old make these decisions. And it was <laughs> so much fun, dude. We had so much fun. I and he's, imagine. He's buying into this because now he's part of it. He understands right. it's not just dad telling him where to go. It's dad going, dude, I really don't. I, I mean, we hiked and hiked and hiked. And for a minute, I knew we were heading northwest. We weren't heading west. And I was going, I don't know how, I don't know to what degree we're heading northwest. I'm not pulling out a GPS. I'm not concerned that we're lost, but it is getting dark. And I'm going, we might just have to camp in the woods. But that's something that I'll, I'll be open to so he understands that you don't always have, you don't always have the luxury of experiencing what you had in mind. Right. So I was fully prepared to camp a night in the woods, getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. And he's, he was the one who prompted us to push on. And he said, I really want to camp by the, by the water. And I said, well, let's keep going, buddy. Let's see if we can find it. Turned out it was an epic night. We had an awesome conversation. We swam in Lake Michigan. We made a beach fire. It was oh, cool. so cool, dude. Um, but that is a, just a, that's a 12-hour window in which my kid gets a little, gets a little lick of that landing adventure yeah. 10 years down the road. You know what I mean? Well, to a, yeah. a six-year-old, five-year-old? Yeah. I mean, 12 hours is a lifetime. Yeah, right? You know, it was just <laughs> it's a, a sim- grand adventure. It was a simple overnight, but yeah. it was, that's, that's tr- yeah, I think, I think that's part of what I was, I was kind of gunning for is just kind of give them that opportunity to, to feel risk and mm-hmm. to come out on the other side okay. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about um, what you have going on with, uh, with upcoming events as far as BHA. I don't know if you've got any uh, events or any podcast episodes that go live. I don't know what you're doing with uh, with the fishing podcast, but take uh, take a minute to tell our listeners uh, how to plug in, what you got going on, and uh, how they can find you. Yeah, so, um, man, we've just wrapped up a ton of events with BHA, and we're having more and more all the time. So uh, as the organization's grown, I've gotten, honestly, a little bit less connected with everything going on because it's it's not possible to keep track of all we're doing anymore for for one person but uh the best place if somebody wants to figure out about events that are going on whether it just be kind of a casual pint night get together for hunters and anglers to sit around and you know talk hunting and fishing and 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 drink a couple brews uh you don't actually have to be a member to kind of learn what's going on and what i actually did is just signed up for the newsletter okay what's this organization about let's see what they're doing um because i don't just give my money away freely i want to figure out if any organization's doing something that helps the things that i care about uh but if you if you just go and sign up for the newsletter um you know you put your state in there where you're from they know you're from michigan you'll get the the basics of of what's going on some some big events the one real big event that we have coming up this summer, which um, unfortunately I'll miss because I'll be in Chad's wedding, which I'm obviously not disappointed about, but uh, we're having a Michigan rendezvous, 
and it's going to be a pretty pretty big big event. We're going to have a lot of uh, sponsors with awesome giveaways and speakers coming out to do all types of outdoor. If anybody's ever heard of the BHA Rendezvous out west, it's it's a massive event. Yeah, in Idaho. Um, yeah, yeah, and I I got the chance to go to that one time, and it was really fun. We're really replicating that um, a little bit smaller, Michigan-based scale, and it. It's going to be loads of fun. I wish I could go. That's the biggest event of the year. Uh, I'd highly recommend people go to it because it you meet the coolest people and learn about the awesomest things that you can go and do. From cool. It. I mean, it, it's so beneficial to everyone on a personal level. That's it, awesome. It really is. What's the date? It is, now you're putting me on the spot. Double I want to say like August 16th or something. I, I got to put stuff in my calendar because I don't. I can't remember when things are. Yeah, anymore. either can I. It's, it's on a weekend. So it's in August. <laughs> yeah. Great. And it's a full weekend event. You can get okay. there Friday night camping. Um, it's up just a little north of Baldwin, I think. Okay. It might be on Big Star Lake, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So Some one of the lakes up there. Big Star is a little south and west of Baldwin. Yeah. I could be wrong about the lake, but it's not too far okay. from there. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's something to look forward to. I'm going to absolutely check that out. If any of the listeners that are local want to check that out, go to, what is it, backcountryhuntersanglers.com? Yep. Okay. Yep. And then you can can sort by chapters. So Mm -hmm. you can go to Michigan and you can look up all the events. And there's probably an event coming up near almost everybody, including the UP in Michigan. We have Pint Nights and, you know, Marquette Marquette. and Cedarville. And uh, I think we had one in Escanaba. Okay. Um, Ryan Cavanaugh would be the guy to talk to about anything going on up there. He kind of runs a lot of that. Okay. Um, but yeah, all kinds of fun stuff on BHA. As far as the uh, fishing podcast, nothing terribly exciting other than I'm just going to keep cranking out a podcast once a week. Um, I just got done doing uh, a really fun one on fly fishing for carp. So I caught my first carp this weekend on a fly rod, which was a lot of fun. Um, for anybody that's familiar with flats fishing in Florida, it's a little bit similar to that. You're, you're sight fishing on a boat, preferably up on a platform where you can see a little bit farther. And you're cruising around with a, a guy in the back with a push pole. Push pole. Yeah. Yeah. And you're sight fishing to giant fish. Yeah. Had a, a few really good opportunities at some big fish, you know, 20 pound fish. Cool. Um, I caught one that was probably about four pounds but it's it's a ton of fun so the yeah. podcast is going to go over that cool um what are you what are you throwing at them scuds they're uh a brown i can't remember the exact it's like a, a type of egg sucking leech so it's got a red head and a brown body with a little tail and then it's got kind of some legs that come down from underneath the head oh yeah i t- <laughs> i tied a couple of them for my buddy and uh they honestly looked like a hot dog with mustard and ketchup yeah, this is. These were just all brown with a red head. Okay, <laughs> they very very simple. I can I can uh, show you a picture of some. I think I've got some. Yeah, of them. you'll have to show those to me. I'll put them up on the site. <laughs> yeah, but incredibly fun. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that one too. Where where were you guys up in Travers? No, uh, so that's where we were supposed to go. Um, the the guide that 
my friends from Wisconsin that came over here to fish with that we were recording the podcast with. Uh-huh. Uh, his boat unfortunately broke down, and we were fishing down in Kalamazoo on Morrow Lake, mm-hmm. which we almost made it to on our on our kind of trip. We were trip. just short of there. Uh, but uh, awesome, awesome guide John um, Kalamazoo River Guide is the name of his company, and his full day guided trips are incredibly cheap. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to check him out too. Yeah. Um, and it's the Kalamazoo River Guide. Yep. This is handles. Like yeah. on social. Yeah. You know what? I honestly tried to Google it and it didn't pop right up today and okay. then I got distracted. But anybody that's listening to this, if if they're interested and want to get a hold of them, the fishing podcast on Instagram or Facebook, get cool. a hold of me, I'll send you the right way. Cool. Awesome. Well, if you have any other questions, I'm going to post uh, show notes, uh, timestamps, and some photos up at adventuredeficit.com. Landon, as always, man, it's a pleasure. Really appreciate you taking the time to share uh, a fun uh, adolescent story yeah. with uh, with the listeners. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll run into you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. All right, man.